This is Saving Grace, Living in Light of God's Love, a podcast ministry brought to you by Grace School of Theology, a seminary to the world committed to the truth of Scripture and life application through the lens of grace. Hello, and welcome to Saving Grace, Living in Light of God's Love. I'm Katherine Barner, your guest host for today. Today, we're talking about how should we expect God's incredible grace to affect our relationships with the people around us? We deal with dating, marriage, friendships, and work relationships. So how can grace be appropriately understood and a help to us and others in these contexts? I'm pleased to be joined again by Dr. Dave Anderson, president of Grace School of Theology. So I know we're going to get some answers to these questions. Dr. Anderson, it's good to be with you again. And good to be with you, (laughs) Catherine. Thank you so much for filling in for us. Yes, I'm glad to be here. So to our listeners, if you're listening to this podcast, then I think that chances are you have an appreciation for the power and importance of God's grace in our lives. But We all know human life is not always simple, and it can be hard to know how to understand grace, especially in the context of our various relationships with other people. People aren't always easy to deal with, Dr. Anderson. Hmm. A lot of times, we're the ones (laughs) who aren't easy to deal with. (laughs) So so we're hoping to have some future uh, episodes where we can just spend more time looking at some very specific areas when we talk about grace. But today, our thought is that we're going to take a little bit of a broader view. So, Dr. Anderson, in in the life of the podcast, we've talked a lot about grace and how it affects us in our relationships with God. Do you think there's a risk of focusing too much on ourselves? And then a second part of that question, how would you suggest that we look to the Bible to show us how to deal with grace in our relationships with others? So two-part question there. (laughs) Really big. Yeah. (laughs) There's always a risk Mm -hmm. of focusing on ourselves too much. That's our natural bent, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) to focus on myself. I remember one preacher used to call it the uh, horseshoe eye disease, (laughs) where you just uh, get about six feet out or six inches out and look back at yourself all the time. Well, sure, uh, you can take anything that's good, Mm -hmm. probably, and twist it around and make it something selfish. So certainly that's that's true. and your second part of your questions. So the second part is so how how would you suggest when we when we look at when we look at scripture and and how mm-hmm. do you think we or what can we yeah. do to use that to show us how to deal with grace in our other relationships? Our well, relationships I with mean other the Bible people. talks a lot about that. Mm-hmm. In fact, if you just start with the two greatest commandments, exactly. The first one is me and God, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Love God. But the second, love he your goes, neighbor as yourself. Right. Uh, so. He doesn't disconnect God and humanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're connected. And uh, the way to love my neighbor is to have been loved by God. Mm. Uh, and, and, of course, it, it says in Ephesians 4.32, uh, to forgive others as Christ, Christ has forgiven. Christ forgave us, yeah. yeah. So the very basis for our forgiveness of others, or extending grace, if you will, mm-hmm is that grace has been extended to us. Right. And Jesus gave a whole parable about Mm -hmm. that, didn't he? Mm -hmm. The uh, servant who owed a sum that he couldn't replay if he worked 10 lifetimes was forgiven him, and then he wouldn't Wouldn't forgive a much smaller sum that could have been repaid um, uh, to his own servant. And 
the Lord found out about it, who'd forgiven so much and was very angry and said, I'll turn you over to the tormentors. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of um, discussion, of course, on what are the tormentors? Right. Is that this life or the next life? And um, I would say, it's, 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 again, you can't dogmatize, which I love to do, by the yeah. way. <laughs> It's okay. I enjoy listening. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, tormentors are probably all the consequences of living with an unforgiven spirit. Ah. Uh, there are a lot of ways that affects us, not the least of which is it can turn into a bitterness. Yeah. And Hebrews 13 talks about a root of bitterness mm -hmm. that can grow up like a tree and its branches extend to your children, your grandchildren. Right. Uh, people you work with, everywhere. Wow. So we're certainly challenged to uh, extend grace to others. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, uh, he, uh, Ephesians 2 and 3 says that we're to be billboards of God's grace. Yes. That when people drive down the freeway of life, they should see uh, us in the billboard mm -hmm. as a trophy of God's right. grace. see grace all over us. But also as uh, being uh, grace-giving people. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And and so, you know, today, I guess and we, when we think about it, you know, and, and what it means today, and when I say today, there seems to be um, so much that um, people get caught up in that, that turns completely away from, from extending grace. And so what does it mean to be the kind of person who shows grace mm -hmm. to others when there yeah, seems like a, there's so much madness going on? That's a great question. Uh, it's always puzzled me why it seems that Quite often, the people who tout grace the most are sometimes the most ungracious mm. people. Uh, interestingly enough, one of the fruits of the Spirit, it's usually translated kindness, I think. Let me see how they do it here in the New King James. But it's the word krestos. Okay. And uh, the word krestos means kindness, but it also, you can tell from the sound of it, the word for grace is Charis, uh -huh. this is Christos. Okay. You see how similar they sound? Right. And also how similar they are to Christ. Exactly. That's Christ, what I was thinking as you were saying us, that. Christ. Well, uh, the Greeks were so impressed by the Christians, they mistakenly called them Christians huh. after this word. Right. Because they were such gracious and grace-giving people. Uh, and they actually uh, mistook uh Christ for Christ. And uh, uh, this particular fruit, let's see how they, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness. They do translate mm -hmm. it kindness. But Christos speaks of a person who extends mercy to others and is gracious. Okay. So if we really have been touched by grace, that should move us to be very gracious. Mm -hmm. To others. To other people. Mm -hmm. uh, and the whole attitude of uh, judgmentalism or um, spiritual arrogance, spiritual mm -hmm. pride, mm -hmm. none of that works well together with this word. Right. We're to be gracious people. Yeah. Because we are recipients of such Exactly. Incredible grace. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Yeah. And so, so let me ask you this. This just kind of, why do you think it is we struggle with extending that grace? Is it because we, we may not understand the magnitude of, of how much we've been given? 
Yes, uh, Catherine, I think that's part of it. I think the other part is pain. Mm. Um, when someone hurts me, they hurt me. Okay. And uh, emotions are hard to dictate to. Yeah. You can't just say, stop hurting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so pain, uh, emotions uh, burrow themselves down into the depths of your soul. Mm. And then they have a life of their own. Yeah. Um, and so... As you go through life, you can remember sometimes hurts from years ago. Right. In fact, a lot of people like to talk about the father wound. Mm. And they'll uh, go back and tell me the first time you can remember being hurt by your father. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that shapes a child for life. Right. The father wound, Mm -hmm. learning to deal with it. Uh, I remember one gal came in my uh, office with her husband. They were having some difficulties, not maritally, just going on with life. Mm-hmm. She seemed to be stuck. So I asked her to, well, tell me a little about you. growing up. Mm-hmm. She said, don't go there. Ah. And I said, what do you mean don't go there? Well, we're not going there. Well, I couldn't go any further. Yeah. So they left. Um, six weeks later, she wound up in Rusk, which is the mm, state the mental same, hospital yeah. here in Texas. Exactly. Near Austin. She was a fairly petite woman, about a weight 110, 5'3", maybe. She gained 60 pounds in six months. Wow. That's telling you there's an emotional issue here. There's something there. There's an emotional issue. And as it turned out, it was uh, pain from her parents and the abuse in the Mm -hmm. home, which Mm -hmm. we know is far more common than we'd like to admit, right? Absolutely. But uh, her way of dealing with it was to bury it and not talk about it. Mm -hmm. But it it, it grew up and had branches and uh, affected her in other ways. Uh, the good news for her is that she was in a small group in our church, and they had the money to get her out of Rusk. And uh, uh, she went through a healing process and today has a Ph.D. in counseling. Wow. She's trying to help others so yeah. go through the same thing. But when you look at the Sermon on the Mount, look at Chapter 5. Mm-hmm. You know, you've heard it said, but I say unto you. You've heard it said, but I say unto you. You've right. heard it said, but I say unto you. Jesus keeps raising the bar each time he says that. Uh each thing he mentions gets a little harder than the one before. Yeah. So when you get to the end of the chapter, he talks about the hardest thing of all. And mm-hmm. this is what got Gandhi's attention. Mm-hmm. He says, love your enemies. Love, yeah. Love your enemies. Well, no one, as far as I know, major philosopher or <laughs> teacher or religious founder or leader has ever said that. Absolutely. Uh so uh, that is a supernatural life, mm-hmm. and you can't do that without supernatural power. But if you're able to learn to love your enemies, you've got to be able to forgive. Yeah. Right? Because who is your enemy? Yeah. Right? Well, they usually say, well, it's who, whoever hurts you mm-hmm. to the point that you uh, drag them around with ball and chain all day long. You can't get rid of it. You can't, yeah. Right? So uh, he says that's the highest. That's as far as you can go. That's, mm-hmm. uh, but it also goes on to say in that passage— in so doing, you genesta, it says, you become uh, like your father, your father in heaven. Yep. And uh, like the sons. Uh, you become the sons. Uh, so that, that's saying uh, you develop Christ-likeness when you do this. Yeah. So if, if you go to Romans 8 and see that the whole purpose of our uh, coming together is not to go to heaven when we die, mm-hmm. it's that we might be conformed to the image of Christ, then you can't be conformed to his image if you don't learn to forgive. Right. If you can't say, Father, forgive them. And and, and many times when I review 
a situation where I've been hurt, I can often say that they don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, that's easy to say. Yeah, they don't have all the facts. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, you see the same thing as Stephen, don't you? Oh, there yeah. he is being martyred, uh, but he's, it's a reenactment of the, of the crucifixion almost. Yeah. Uh, not only does he look up and see uh, Christ standing, the only mm-hmm. time Christ is standing in heaven that we know of, some have suggested us to welcome the first martyr home. Wow. But um, lay not this sin to their charge. Mm-hmm. See, uh, that's, you know, that's about as far as you can go. So that's Christian maturity, but it's quite often where we get stuck. Well, yeah, we get stuck on, yeah. the, like you said, the, the hurt, mm-hmm. the feelings, the emotion of it. Uh, if, if you look at Second Peter 1, it talks about stair steps to maturity. Mm-hmm. Starts off with your faith. Mm-hmm. But it winds up with agape. Mm. And right before agape was brotherly love. So agape is one step beyond brotherly love. It's able to love the unlovely. Wow. It's totally unselfish, right? So learning to be gracious to others includes learning to forgive uh, and, and then just learning how to love in truth, mm-hmm. but... Um, Graciously. Wow. Not in your face grace. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> that, that's a great answer. And, and I know that's, that's going to be a help to, to a lot of people listening because I, I do think that's one that we struggle with is how do we, how do we extend this grace? Yeah. I've often said the hardest thing in the world for a non-Christian to believe is the substitutionary death, death of Christ on the right. cross. But you remember the rest of it? Yeah. Hardest, hardest thing, thing in the world for a Christian, Christian to believe, believe is the substitutionary, substitutionary life. Life of Christ. Yeah. And, you know, some people as kids memorize Galatians 2.20. I'm crucified with mm-hmm. Christ, nevertheless I'll live, yet not I, but Christ, Christ lives, lives in me. In me. Mm-hmm. And then over in Romans 5, verses 9 and 10, we shall be saved from the power of sin by his life. Mm-hmm. We were saved from the penalty of sin, it says there, by his death. By his death. But you'll save, be saved from the power of sin by his life. So it, it's Christ living in us living out his life through his power. And it's back to loving your enemies. Loving your enemies, excuse me? <laughs> that is a calling to a, that's not normal. No. It's funny you say, one of the things my pastor talks about all the time, you know, when he talks about this and, and the argument that, you know, man wrote, you know, the Bible and, you know, that God didn't inspire the Bible. He says, that's the passage you can go to yeah. to let you know definitively ah, that great. a man didn't write this. No, that's <laughs> Because great. we would never do that. Look at the hatred in this world right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And so much of it is inspired by revenge. Yes. Uh, uh, I remember uh, being down in Kenya and also Nigeria and... Uh, the tribal side, mm. some of those tribal uh, uh, problems go back hundreds of years. Yeah. And that's just one revenge after another, after, after another. another, after another, after another, after another. Wow. And you can kind of go around the world and see that all over the place. Exactly. This will break through that. Love yeah. your enemy? See, love is stronger than hate. Yeah. And uh, and yet it's, it's, it's quite often where Christians stop. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, how do, how do they live that kind of life? It's back to the substitutionary life the of Christ. Life of Christ, yeah. So being real practical, um, let's say someone, well, I, I can think of someone right now who uh, spread some uh, malicious rumors about me, things that weren't true. Mm-hmm. Um, and it hurt. And uh, when I would see them in church, my flesh inis- uh, immediately wanted to go down another hallway. Right. I didn't want to get close to them. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to shake their hands. 
I didn't want to have to be pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any of that stuff. But the spirit within me uh, says, wait a minute. You're supposed to love them. And then I would say, my flesh would say, but you don't love them. You don't even like them. <laughs> right. In fact, you might hate them. Right. No, I, I <laughs> And I don't wouldn't. want to walk down the hall with no. them. <laughs> but then uh, the spirit would say, wait a minute, Christ loves them. Mm-hmm. I say, really? Christ loves them? <laughs> How is that possible? But they say, no, I, he, he probably loves them as much or more than you. Mm. So he wants you to go love them. And I'd say, oh, man. Okay, Christ, you live in me. If you love them, let's go love them. Yeah. Then I'd go down the hall, and I would love on them. Yeah. Uh, you know, when that would happen, Catherine, I sensed the Spirit of God taking over mm-hmm. in a way that never would have happened had I gone down there the hallway. Exactly. And by doing that, I think, if I understand being billboards of God's grace, mm-hmm. that someday there may be some little tiny jewel in one of uh, the crowns that we cast before Christ's feet that will gleam forever. Yeah. Just from that one little thing. That, All for what? His glory. His glory. Not mine. His glory. Because he's living in me. He's the supernatural power, the power of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. in order to live a supernatural life. Yeah. It's not natural to go love your enemy. No. That's supernatural. So you have to have a supernatural power to do it. Wow. And I think what's so beautiful about that, because that person inevitably knows that you really don't want to love on them. But when you do that, because Mm -hmm. you are responding to God's Holy Spirit, what that then does to that person, what that then Mm -hmm. says to them about God. Yeah. I remember another one. I think I've shared this one on our podcast, but uh, I was uh, impressed in Matthew 5 that it doesn't, at least in the New King James, it doesn't say just... Uh, pray good things about them. Mm-hmm. It also says, say good things about them. And then thirdly, it says, do good things for them. Mm. It's the third one I found has been the breakthrough for me. So this one fellow hurt me, so I called him up and asked him if I could come mow his yard. Mm. And he said, say what? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I said, you know, I'd like to come mow your yard for you. Can I? He said, well, I'll, I'll talk to my wife. So I called him again. He said, okay, come on. So I mowed his yard, and uh, for me, it was a great breakthrough. Yeah. Now, back to your point. What about him? Mm-hmm. Seven years later, he took me to lunch, and he said, I want to ask forgiveness for all those wow. things I, wow. I said. <laughs> That's um, the Spirit of God that, working. Exactly. That's him. And like you said, all for his glory. For his, completely. hundred and a thousand, ten million percent. Wow. <laughs> Wow, that, that's great. So let me ask you this. We hear, we hear a lot about um, holding people accountable, mm-hmm. and we hear a lot about that today. And I hear a lot about it in, you know, in counseling as I'm working with people. You have to hold them accountable. Um, but how do we know the difference between or, or draw a line between what it means to show grace, which is what we've been talking about, and what we think of as holding people accountable? Mm-hmm. Uh, to that, Catherine, I'd say it, it depends on the relationship you mm-hmm. have to that person. For example, if that person is your child, I think that would be different than if it's a a, a sister in church. Okay. You know, a spiritual sister mm-hmm. in church. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have some responsibility to train up that child, you know. Exactly. And uh, you're supposed to, it talks about the admonition and training of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So 
there's an accountability that's assumed there for parents. However, even with parenting, uh, grace fits in. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, a lot of uh, children get the idea that if they don't perform well, they won't be loved. Right. And that happens so often that I wonder what was going on in the home, uh, or, or maybe that's just built into us uh, thinking we have to perform to, to be loved. Mm-hmm. So I think it's so important to go back and look at God and His love for us. He's accepted us into His family as His children. And we say here in Grace School of Theology, you can't earn His right. love. Right. Right. Uh, he loves us. He so loved the world mm-hmm. that he gave. He, we love him because he first loved because us. It, right. So he loves us. That gives us 100% acceptance into the family. Mm-hmm. It says in Ephesians 1, you're accepted in the beloved. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's different from approval. Now, uh, I may be 100% accepted by him, but if I go out, lie, cheat, and steal, right. I won't have his approval. Exactly. That's different. That's different. And the Holy Spirit holds me accountable. Mm. Uh, but he quite often does it through love. It says in uh, Titus 2 that he spanks me with grace. Really, it says yeah. that. Yeah. It says he paiduos, that's the word for trial, child training, mm-hmm. with grace in order to teach me how to live a godly and holy wow. life. Uh, sometimes when I do something that's wrong, I kind of expect an axe to fall. Yeah. When instead he does something nice for me. It blows me away, mm-hmm. and I'm reduced to sitting on the floor saying, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And it's very, very motivating then to go on and uh, live a godly life. So uh, back to uh, children, I think it's important that we let them know they're 100% accepted. Right. Uh, nothing will take them out of our family, mm-hmm. nothing they could ever do, mm-hmm. which is just like us in God's family, right? Right. But approval is another matter. If they're going to go out and get a gun and go shoot up some mm-hmm. people in the neighborhood. And we uh, don't approve that. No, they're accepted, mm-hmm. but they're not approved. Right. Now, the key is, how do you do the approval uh, and still be extending grace yeah. to them? Uh, I think it's, it's, it's a combination. Uh, I remember once telling my son uh, he was concerned about a job. He thought he might fail. And I said, uh, Mark, whether you uh, make it in that job or not, uh, I'm not going to love you any less. Right. You're 100% accepted and loved by me. And I approve of you just for trying the job. Mm. Uh, even if you lose it, even if you can't make it, uh, just the courage to go try. Wow. Uh, I think it's awesome. So, you know, trying to... Be a positive encouragement exactly. in their life instead of always negative and, exactly. and never measure up. How many stories do we read about or see about even movies where the child can never measure please the parent? Up. Right. Even uh, some great athletes I can mention right mm-hmm. now said the, the main thing they were doing their whole life was trying to get their father's approval. Yeah. yeah wow. That's something. Great, great answer, Dr. Anderson. And so as we, when we think about Jesus and, you know, he he gave us seemingly an unlimited example of living this sacrificial life, both in his life and in his death. So do you have any words of wisdom for us when it comes to balancing 
sacrificial love, and you touched on that, I think, just a little bit in that last question, sacrificial love and grace, while at the same time pursuing healthy boundaries in our lives. Yeah, uh, and this this is a, is a personal thing, so mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> you know, I may be wrong in this. Okay. But in ministry, there's always demand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can minister so much, you lose your family. Ah. Happens all the time. Uh-huh. You you feel important. Mm-hmm. You feel needed. You're you're uh, delving in the deepest stuff there is, spiritual matters right. that have eternal significance. And uh, so you can feel like, you know, I'm always needed out there. I remember meeting one gal, the son of a minister. His uh, particular calling was to alcoholics. Mm. Uh, but he spent so much time with alcoholics, she said she could never, ever marry a minister. Wow. And she never became a Christian either. Wow. Just reacting, I think, to her uh, father's love affair with his uh, with his ministry. I hate mm-hmm. to put it like that. Mm-hmm. Right. I hate to put it like that. Uh, but that's real. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you definitely need to have, have some boundaries and some priorities. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think one thing that comes first is your personal relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And uh, in order to maintain that, you need some alone time. You can't, I don't think you can do it without having some alone right. time. You have to have some time in the scriptures. You have to mm-hmm. have some time uh, praising him. You mm-hmm. have to have some time praying. Mm-hmm. Um, you can praise him with others and pray with others. But uh, for a personal relationship, I think you need personal time. Yeah, It's just like having a friend. Right. To have a friend, you have to invest time. You can't have a friend without investing mm-hmm. time. So if Jesus is your best friend, you need some time with him. Some time in with him. Uh, the second would be if you're married, I think uh, your family's next. Mm-hmm. And um, only the Holy Spirit, I think, can tell you when you're crossing the line and beginning to neglect your family. Yeah. Uh, so that's a, a line you have to make. That's a boundary mm-hmm. uh, you have to draw. Uh, another thing I found in ministry that I used was I always put uh, a priority on people mm-hmm. over programs. Yeah. So if, if this particular program I was thinking of instituting or was asked to institute was going to ru- run roughshod over people and hurt a bunch of people, I wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I always thought people took priority over, over programs. Other than that, uh, I just let the spirit lead. Uh, yeah. Uh, people... Uh, will come across your path unplanned at all different times. Mm-hmm. And uh, you'll be wanted at the hospital. You'll be wanted to uh, do a funeral. Within those other caveats, only you can determine, I think, what he wants you to do. Exactly. Wow. One last question before we go. This has been a great conversation. What would you, would you share with us maybe, maybe one thing that you found useful mm-hmm. um, to help us treat others with grace mm-hmm. when it's most difficult? Well, again, the most difficult time is forgiving someone who hurt you. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember in my first ministry, after about three years, I was having so much trouble with one of the leaders that I woke up one day and I said, Lord, you know, I think I hate this person. Mm-hmm. First person in my life I'd ever hated. And uh, so I knew this passage. So I went to it, tried to practice it, Matthew 5, and he was there all the time. So I did what every really wise pastor does. I prayed that God would move him. 
Lo and behold, he did. He Mm. moved the guy to Dallas. But I found myself driving down the freeway still fighting with him. Mm. And I said at that point, Houston, we have a problem. We have a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Here's a pastor who hates someone who's not even in his church. Yeah. Well, so I went back to the passage, and I've been been praying good things for him. I learned to say good things about him. Mm -hmm. And then the Holy Spirit said, what good thing have you done for him? Have you done, yeah. And I thought, wow, can't think of anything. He said, well, do something. I said, well, it's in another city. How am I going to do that? You know, the Spirit said, do something. So I thought, well, what can I do? So I sat down and wrote him a long letter thanking him for all the good things he did for the mm. church. And he did a bunch of good things. Wow. So it was sincere. Sent it to him, and that broke it. Boom, right there. Wow. Again, it's, it's the combination of the three things. Yeah. Uh, and it's especially doing. The, the doing. The mowing the yard, mm-hmm. the going to the guy down the hall. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another guy I'm thinking of now that my wife and I give him a uh, gift for, yeah. Yeah, for a meal at a nice restaurant every okay. year. Wow. Uh, and that's... That's that, the doing. Yeah. And that, that for me, that's the breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, it's worked for every person I've hated since. Wow. I'm, that's... I'm <laughs> <laughs> but, you know... It's a uh, surefire way. <laughs> I've been in ministry now about 50 years. And uh, there are people along the way that you'll yeah. run into... It's usually someone who's hurt you. Yeah. Wow. Or or has hurt someone you love. Someone you yeah. love. Wow. Yeah. Great, great advice, Dr. Anderson. Well, again, this has been a great conversation, and I am certain will be extremely helpful um, for us as we not only seek to understand God's grace um, that he's extended to us, but how we extend that same grace to others. So thank you so much. Thank you. Um, And to our listeners, we hope you've been encouraged by today's program. To find out more about what God is doing at Grace School of Theology, we invite you to visit us online at partnerwithgrace.org. From there, you can find out more about our global initiatives, how to become a student, or register for our free course entitled The Grace of God. This course features powerful teaching from three of Grace's theological scholars and will help you truly understand the depths of God's grace. In addition, we welcome your questions and comments. You can email us at savinggrace at gsot.edu or follow us on Twitter at SavingGraceCast. Thanks for joining us. And remember, the love of Christ can never be earned and can never be lost. Selah. You have been listening to Saving Grace, a podcast ministry of Grace School of Theology. For more information, visit gsot.edu slash savinggrace. Views expressed on this podcast may not always be the views of Grace School of Theology or its leadership.